Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Average Joe's Podcast. My name is Mike Van Ehrman, along with my co-host, Sam Hiller. It's been about a month since our last podcast, so I know all of you have been uh, searching for yourselves, not knowing what to do uh, without your daily dose of Average Joe's, so we are glad to be back on the air. Uh, we got a great episode for you today. We're going to do a lot of uh, all-star game preview, including uh, what we think are the sleeper picks of the all-star draft. Uh, we're going to do uh, a little quick overview of Nationals. Uh, we're also going to do another podcast later this week uh, to go a little bit more in-depth in Nationals, uh, pool-by-pool analysis. And we're also going to go over a few uh, issues surrounding the league, such as current standings and a league-wide ball. So, Sam, why don't you uh, kick us off today with uh, the congratulatory message to Ensula and UNT. Well, we'd like to say congratulations to North Texas to joining the NCDA. Um, I know you guys have been wanting to join for, I think, two years now. So it's great that you guys get to join. Um, we're sorry you can't make the Nationals, but, you know, baby steps. Baby steps. Uh, welcome to the league. Uh, NCULA, welcome. You know, like, you've played in the league for, I think, three or four years now. Definitely definitely for the last three. I don't. I, we'd have to ask Zig. He knows everything, so we'll have to figure that out. <laughs> But this is one of those rare non-nationals matches that you guys get, um, which is awesome because because we want to expand the league. You know, we want to we want to make you know it's one step uh, toward more towards legitimacy as a league. You know, having people you know not having teams not just in Ohio, Michigan, and a little bit on the East Coast. You know, we're we're definitely expanding, and it definitely bodes well for our league as a whole. Yeah, and there's uh, supposedly an Abilene Christian University in Texas wants to make a team, mm-hmm. so that'd be perfect for North Texas. Uh, NSULA makes it so we got a little bit of southwestern flavor in the league, and uh, hopefully we can continue growth down there. Def- definitely a, uh, a good rivalry budding uh, coming up there, so I'll definitely be interested in uh, in seeing how that goes. All right, so we'll start now with uh, talking about what we're going to do for the, uh, some of the captain's meeting issues that we've that we personally would like to bring up. I know there's going to be more than just this, but... These are specifically three things that we'd like to bring up in the captain's meeting, and Mike, can you start us off? All right, so one of the things that we have definitely had a lot of discussion about over the last year or so are alternatives to the current standings. For those of you who do not know, we are currently using a hockey-style point system where teams get two points for a win and one point for an overtime loss. Um, The reason this has sort of come under a little bit of scrutiny recently is just because there isn't a standardized amount of games that every team has to play. You know, in the NHL, it's 82 games. You know, whoever has the most points win. Everyone's on an even playing field. But, you know, for instance, if, you know, Michigan State plays 50 games in a year and Grand Valley plays three, you know, Michigan State's obviously going to end up with a ton more points than Grand Valley, but Grand Valley might still be the better team. So what we're... Attempting to do uh, is include sort of an RPI formula that is similar to the one used in college basketball. Um, and we want to make it so when you play an opponent, more things than win or loss, wins and losses are considered, such as strength of schedule, strength of your opponent's schedule, strength of your opponent's opponent's schedule. You know, everything is, is sort of included in this. Uh, and it'll give definitely a more balanced and fair uh, outlook on where each team stands in the league. I agree completely. Um, no offense to Kent State, but I think we've all kind of figured out this season that they're not, however many points ahead of they are, better than Kentucky. Um, Mostly because Kentucky is a fantastic team with only, I believe, one loss. Yeah, one yeah. loss. I think they're 17-1. and one. 
I think Kent State is like 21-7 and seven or something like that. So if you went with any other thing in Kentucky, I'm not saying Kansas State's a bad team. Right. I'm just saying not. that, you know, they uh, – They're not as good as Kentucky realistically, in my opinion. I believe that Kentucky is currently a better team. Yeah, yeah. And I, we're also not saying Kansas State can't win the championship, but they're not currently as good seeding-wise as Kentucky. Grand Valley is not the sixth best team in the country. I have air quotes right now because they're right. not the sixth best team in the country because – they're better than Michigan State right now. Yeah. They're better than James Madison right now. They're better than probably Kent State. Better than Saginaw Valley. So the the but the way that the, it worked is they didn't get as many games in as the rest of us. So they're stuck in sixth place. Right. Which which is obviously why this has been introduced a little bit more. Just because to give rewards to teams like Grand Valley. You know, Grand Valley plays an absolutely brutal schedule. I think. Uh, They've played Michigan State two or two times. Yeah, they've played two Michigan times. State twice. They've played Saginaw Valley two or three times. They've three played. Times. Um, they've played Kentucky. They haven't um, played Kentucky. Oh, they weren't at the OSU invite. No, you're right. Um, but I mean, either way, they've they've played an absolute gauntlet of a schedule, um, and all of their games are quality games that you know are are against opponents that aren't you know you know roll over for them. So. I personally put a little bit more stock into the experience that they've had all season just because, you know, I hold, you know, Grand Valley's team in very high regard and I feel like that they are definitely one of the favorites for the season uh, for Nationals and definitely, you know, one of the best teams in the nation. Yeah, and it would also benefit teams like Western Kentucky who this season they play, I think, UK four times. Yeah, some I mean, more than a standard. Yeah, so um, four times against one of the top two teams in the league is a lot, you know. And uh, so they lost four times. And obviously now that their standings are, they're a little, I think they're like 10th or 11th right now. I haven't looked at the standings in a couple of days, but um, they're like 10th or 11th. So. Definitely lower than they actually deserve to be based on their play on the court. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at a team that beat Saginaw at the Beast. Like, yeah. that's at the 11th best team in the country. One's going to an air quotes. Um, so I think we need to have some kind of change. Uh the NHL South Point standings were a great idea at the time. When we had 10 teams, when we 15 had, teams. When we had, uh, I think, 16 teams. In the 12, league 12 or 16 teams at Nationals. And it was better than when we did coaches poll <laughs> and point differential to determine national seating, which was the dumbest thing. Um, so the points were a good idea. I think it was something from DePaul that came up with it. But I think at this point we need to advance into some kind of like sabermetration, math, something or other, to statistic. Right. Um, and I'm not going to be, pretend to be a mathematician because I am far from it. So I will let people like Andy Liebwick, a uh, uh, player from MSU who actually just got uh, elected to be assistant captain. Congratulations, Andy. Uh, he is fantastic. By the way, Mike's the new captain at MSU, so you should go oh. give him a round of applause and a couple headshots to Nationals. Yeah, headshots uh, would be appreciated. There's a big target on my head now. <laughs> um, but no, Andy is a very uh, bright kid who knows. Uh, he actually came up with an RPI formula. Uh, I believe Felix also came up with one. Uh, uh-huh. They vary slightly. So, uh, well, Felix? This isn't a, a true RPI formula. It's like a mixing of like five or six different formulas. Okay. So um, I think one of the things that we're going to do at the captain's meeting is definitely um, definitely sit down and, and look at the merits of both of these systems and say, okay, 
do we feel that based on you know Kentucky's schedule and their win losses and their opponents' win losses, you know, do we feel like they would be the number one team in the country and whatever you know whatever RPI formula works out in, in that makes the most sense overall? I guess is what I'm trying to say. That's probably what we'll end up voting on. I would be a little surprised if we didn't institute an RPI formula. I think there's actually a lot of support for it um, in a few with a few people that I've talked mm -hmm. to about it. So <clears throat> it's something that I'm looking forward to next year just because I, I think that it would prevent people from being a little bit more hesitant to schedule the tough games um, just because, you know, right now, you know, the teams get, you know, the same amount of points as – you know, with a win over Team X, who's played one game yeah. ever, over, you know, as as opposed to if they play Grand Valley, you know, that win still counts for the same amount of points. Which, in as if the RPI formula, if they beat Grand Valley, they get you know more quote unquote points than if they beat Team X that has never played the game before. So I, I definitely think that that's the direction the league is heading, and I'm for one, I'm pretty happy about it. The only drawback I can think of the RPI formula is it could tennis keep teams from trying to send a roster out there that's like their B team to try to get points. Like you saw Kentucky this year send their B team to Maryland mm -hmm. and they lost the game. Right. Now that doesn't affect them as much in the in standings, recurrent. the current standings as it would if like say Michigan State sent their B team and they lost to like School of the Blind or something. Right. Like some bad school. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say an actual school, but I'm not going to be rude school today. School of the Blind? <laughs> um, For the record, uh, Sam Hiller is not encouraging people to throw dodgeballs at blind people. For the record. I don't think I am, at least. Um, <laughs> we, uh, um, so, yeah. So, like I said, don't let the... It might encourage teams from not saying their B team out there because they could lose points more than they could gain points. Well, and but I don't know if that would necessarily be the case just because if you... You know, if you send a B team and they lose to a quality opponent such as Kentucky or Grand Valley, you know, it's not going to hurt them right. as much. You know, I mean, right now we don't lose points for a loss, obviously, but, you know, you give the other team two points. But, you know, if you, let's say in an RPI formula, you know, you would potentially lose a point if you lost. But then, you know, if you lose against a great team like Kentucky or Grand Valley, you might only lose a half a point. Now, I'm not saying that's how it's going to work. I'm just saying hypothetically. I think that since the impacts from losses are going to be lessened just because they're going to take into account the quality of opponent. I think that it's uh, it's not going to be a deterrent for teams to, you know, say, oh, well, we can't, you know, afford to send 17 people just because, you know, we, we can't afford to lose. It's going to be, well, we can send 17 people just because, you know, if they do by chance end up losing, it's not going to kill us in the standings. And honestly, you shouldn't be doing stuff just for the sake of standings. Like, you should be doing stuff to play dodgeball, like, you okay. know. Right, no, I agree. Um, and so that, that that also could tie into something like an expanded, I know there has been a little bit of talk, at least prelim, preliminary talks, about um, expanding the JV slash B team uh, participation in the league. Um, so that could also be incorporated. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'll let people who are way smarter than myself figure all that stuff out just because, you know, I'm not doing the math. I'll do it for you. Oh, okay. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so, I, I definitely think, again, I, do, I, I am excited about the fact that I think that's where we're going with it. And I, 
I think that you know if it were to be instituted next year, I think that that would definitely be a uh, a positive for the league and that would show teams who want to come in. Hey, you know, if you get killed by Grand Valley your first game in, you know, let's say you know Purdue decides to create a yeah. dodgeball team and their well, first Purdue game, actually also created dodgeball. Okay, well, school, I'm just I'm just saying. Okay, so yeah. Purdue creates a dodgeball team and they join our league and they get you know trounced by Grand Valley ten to nothing. It's not going to be you know as big a deal if they you know if they played you know somebody else. So it's not going to it's it's going to incentivize people for playing better games more often. Yeah, um, I don't know. Right. Mike's like, we need a force issue and change the topic. And I was like, I'm already doing that. All right, so our next topic is a, a league-wide dodgeball. And personally, this is a big issue for me because I really have gotten used to these champion balls, mm-hmm. the PG 8.5 champion balls. And when you switch to, like... The single ply? The single ply, or you switch to, like, a flower ball or, like, an Avengers ball that you bought at Target that's... <laughs> Fill it all the way to the brim. Like, it's impossible to throw some of those balls. Wait, Sam, you throw? I have thrown in my life. Oh, I mean, I've never seen it. What does it look like? It looks, I don't know, like <laughs> a floating duck. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really watch my throws. I kind of throw and cover my eyes in horror. No, no, I, no, trust me. We all cover our eyes in horror <laughs> whenever you throw, too. It's, it's not a very pretty sight to see, I'll admit. Um, but, you know, definitely a league-wide ball would... Uh, Kind of, you know, just having you know a standardized, you know, a standard for the league. Um, obviously, I say this a lot, but one step closer to legitimacy as a league, and you know, more nationally recognized. Um, if every team has to use the same type of ball, you know, I think we bought our PG balls for like four eighty-five per ball. I mean, it's definitely something yeah. that most clubs. Anyway, I think we paid more because we got green instead of red. Right. Well, I mean, you know, colors. I mean, we're not talking about standardizing colors. I don't. No, no. What I'm saying it's like it would have been cheaper if we got red. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, but you know, just. I would rather have different colors for schools so that you know who's got which balls. Right. Exactly. But then you know, just keeping you know. Like Sam said, the single ply. Like, I threw a single ply ball, you know, the other day, and my finger when I when I gripped through it, my finger stuck into it, and it went straight into the ground just because I'm not used to, you know, not having that weight behind it. So Mike's also a freshman. Apparently, I'm a freshman now just because I can't throw a single ply ball. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I'm all for it. I haven't really heard much opposition for it. You know, it's it's sort of something that we would have to put in the rule book to say, you know, your game has to have ten, you know, call it. PG champion balls yeah. or whatever. Um, I I don't think that uh, a lot of teams are gonna oppose it. Uh, I think that you know maybe in a JV game here or there you can you know play with an Avengers ball or yeah. a flower ball or whatever you want to do. Um, but you know it's it, I I think that it would benefit most people and and take away some of the 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 balls that are hard as rocks that you you know can't throw very well. And some of those balls are too easy to catch. Like the ones that are overfired are too easy to catch. Like the Avengers balls, the flower balls, like they just kind of just like, oh, you get to catch. Like, yeah, I like a little challenge. Well, apparently Sam, <laughs> okay. So let's see, Wes Hopkins, uh, that's Sam Hiller calling you out right now. He wants, he wants a big challenge. <laughs> so he thinks he can catch you. So uh, that, I, I that, did not mention Wes, I just said, give me like, oh no, it's not. Like that you can actually grab it into. Oh no, I'm no I know you didn't mention Wes, but you said you wanted a challenge, so I, I find Wes, Wes, bring it on. Oh Wes, please destroy him. Please. He just said that. <laughs> I beg of you to destroy him. Wes, Mark, anybody else who throws hard, 
I'll, I'll get him a special jersey with a target painted on his <laughs> chest. And At least I, it's my chest. Just not like, paint, like a circle on my face or something. I mean, we can do that while you sleep. You know? <laughs> we'll, we'll figure out a way to do that. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's another standard for the league. It's good for the league. And uh, I hope it's instituted for next year, just like the RPI. Now, Sam and Zygmus... You guys are the only interns for the... Uh, Felix hops a little too. Oh, Felix, okay. So and Josh hops sometimes. So, so how many interns do you guys have for the uh, the website right now? Uh, like two and a half. Two and a half? Okay. You only count as a half, Sam? Yes. Okay, Sam Hiller only counts as a half. Um, but so we are hoping that teams from around the league uh, are going will be able to start submitting you know player bios things like that just articles about their team you know just upcoming news you know we're interested it's 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 our league it's dodgeball we want to know and we want to have it on the on the website so that when you know we try and recruit teams like you know Penn State they can go to our um, they went I'm sure they went you know NCDA and said oh yeah. well, look how look how I can join this yeah I would hope that someone would look at the website but oh this is cool yeah because. Zig and I put, especially Zig, put a lot of time and effort into it. So, um, yeah, if you have, like, anything you want on the website, just, like, send it my way, and I'll throw it up there as long as it's appropriate. Like, I don't want to see, like, WWE stuff. Even though WWE is pretty awesome, <laughs> but there's no reason to have WWE on our NCDA site, for example, um, or bad language. So um, Unless it's directed at Sam Hiller. Bad language directed at Sam Hiller is completely <laughs> acceptable. Okay, I guess it's okay. Um, but yeah, like, if, if you have like a, oh, we have a charity tournament, cool, cool. put that on the website. Yeah. Or hey, we have had a great practice, great. Uh, next season, I would like to have a ton more of, um, like, individual team stuff. Instead of just, like, most of our content, uh, I tried to do, like, one t- one article per team this year. I only got, like, halfway through. Um, I'd like to have, like, at least, like, an article or two from every team each semester. If possible, yeah. To make the so if we have some kind of new article on the website every day for people to look at, uh, it makes teams like if say Michigan tries to join the league and they look at our website and like, hey, so it hasn't been updated in like six months. Why are we gonna right. why are we gonna join this? Um, we can make it look more legit. Um, it's more fun for people to read. You know, when you go to click on the forums, you go, oh hey, there's a new article. I want to read this. So I just think it's better for the website and stuff if people help out. So, and I'm sure people get sick and tired of just reading me and Zig all the time. So, well, I mean, and and I will say this: I know that Sam and Zig put an excessive amount of time into um, adding content to this. It's very funny looking at the timestamp on some, when some of the <laughs> articles are posted. It's like 3:17 a.m. Sam Miller <laughs> posted this article, and I was like, "What the hell are you doing up at 3:17 a.m. making a?" Making these articles, so give him a lot of props for uh, for you know putting all this time and effort into making what I think is a really great product. Um, but we we want more. You know, we obviously it's want. Like that, it's like that new 18th commercial where the little girl's like, "We want more. more. We want more. We just we just want more. We want we want more." That's the the moral of the story. Sam Heller wants little girls to run and yell. We want more. We want more. We want more. <laughs> so. All right, all right. So we're done with this. Now. So we'll talk about the teams that are coming to nationals. As of this minute, um, I'm sh- I heard that there's two more teams that are like kind of borderline that are kind of like not coming, but you could still come. Louisville and Maryland, please come. I think it'd be cool if we get 19 teams. Right now we only have one over the record. 
If we had three over the record, that'd be cool. That'd be way cooler. Way cooler. You know, a 19 team tournament is kind of a nightmare. Alum- I, heard, I heard the alumni are getting a team for, you know, like a... They talked about it on the uh, in the cabins club a little bit. They talked about the alumni playing a game in a pool if if it if it came down to that. So we yeah, we, I hope that happens because I can get McCarthy out any time. McCarthy, you heard it. <laughs> Kick his ass. <laughs> First of all, he doesn't throw hard. Second of all, <laughs> it's only like seventy two miles per hour. Oh okay, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to insult <laughs> you. And then um, second of all, now that he doesn't have a mohawk, his powers are gone. He's like Samson. Oh okay, so. McCarthy, he just called you out. I mean, if you know, and it does, this doesn't even have to be in a game. I mean, he can be like walking down the street, and you can just like grab a ball and just like pelt him, and I, it totally counts. It's all you. But uh, yeah, I mean, Wes, Mark, McCarthy. I never called Mark out. I'm, no, I'm calling. I'm asking them to do me a favor and kick your butt. I'm just saying. I would never call out our, our non-star star player. Okay, well. Maybe oh that's a good idea. Maybe during the All Star game he can just like take a cheap shot at you from behind, like throw it throw it at the back of your head. Yeah. All right, I'm looking forward to this yeah. now. Mike is trying to plan ways to get another one of our players injured. Apparently, <laughs> that's not the goal. <laughs> All right, so as of right now, um, we have teams. The teams from Michigan are Michigan State, Grand Valley, Central, and SVSU. Uh, from Illinois. That's Wisconsin Platteville. Yeah, Wisconsin. Say, what are you doing? Wisconsin Platteville is not from Illinois. They're in the Illinois region. Illinois region. Okay, excuse me. Uh, they've got Wisconsin Platteville, Moody, and DePaul. Uh, in the Ohio region, it's Kent State, Ohio State, BGSU, and Miami. In Kentucky region, it's Ensula, UK, and WKU. And in the East Coast region, it's JMU, uh, Towson, and Penn State. So we haven't talked about. I don't think we've talked about having Penn State during the league, have we? Yeah, we, we mentioned it a couple times. We did? Yeah. Oh, okay. But, you know, Penn State, welcome to the league. We're looking forward to seeing you at Nationals. Yeah. I hope that there's they've got a hard thrower that you can throw at Sam, too, because, you know, he wants a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so, like Sam said, 17 teams. Obviously, 20 would be cool. I mean, if the alumni made a team, it would probably, I mean, since they wouldn't count, like, if they won, the, the team that they played would still have, you know, it would still count for a win. It's like a forfeit win, but they still get their their time in. So, I mean, that would technically be like 19 and a half since they can only lose, not win. Yeah. So, I'm not saying the alumni team is a half team because that's only something. No, they are a half team. Oh, say that again? They are a half team. Oh, okay. The only alumni that's coming that I'm afraid of is Stokes. Every other alumni <laughs> should hear that. That is bulletin board material right there, folks. Alex Bomas. Oh, Bomas did knock me out one time. Oh, I hope to God it happens again. <laughs> <laughs> Bomas, you hear what you got to do. So, 17 teams. It, it, right now, it's a little, uh, it's a little difficult as far as you know. It's an odd number team. You know, I've never really heard of a 17 team tournament that was easy to schedule. Um, so, if at least you know one or two of the uh, Louisville and Maryland, if they could come, that'd be sweet. Um, as long as you know we break the record every. If we break the record every year, we're yeah, in good shape. Yeah. It means the league is expanding. You know. Well, eventually, eventually, as much as I hate to admit this. Ben Murphy's right. Eventually, we're gonna have to have like a regional thing to get to the national championship. Um, so uh, eventually, we're gonna need to have to put a cap at how many teams can make the nationals. Well, right, but, but I mean, but that's not that's not for another like ten, fifteen years. Well, but so. and that's that's an immense positive just because yeah. you know look how far you know our league has come from having what eight teams in nationals five years yeah. ago to having seventeen teams this year, nineteen possibly. Or five years ago, we had nine teams. Yeah, five years ago there were nine teams. So, um, 
that I mean that would that's definitely a goal of mine. It probably won't happen during you know any of the current students' playing career, having you know a cap. Maybe like Bryce's. <laughs> Go ahead. I said maybe Bryce's. Maybe Bryce's playing career. <laughs> you are I'm full you, of it. Today. You are full of it today. Oh my god. Um, so you know I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that, and I and I hope that uh, as the league grows, you know we don't stop at you know. Penn State, we don't stop at, you know, Texas. We, you know, we go all the way out to, you know, the Dakotas, California. Oregon State, Oregon State has a team. I want, I want them to come to Nationals sometime. Have them come to Nationals, it's hey? It's really far, so we got to do it in, like, Las Vegas sometime. Oh, okay. Well, that's really far, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and then our last topic of discussion today, the All-Star Game. Yeah. What are your uh, Sam Hiller? For those of you who don't know, is a captain. It was a hockey-style draft for the All-Star Game. Uh, Sam Hiller and Zygmunt Maloney, uh, they are captains of the Monstars, and uh, Dan Chackford and Felix Peroni, they are captains of the Brave Little Toasters. So I'm gonna let Sam uh, go over a few notable players on his roster and tell you what his strategy was when he was picking them. Okay, cool. Um, so our top, uh, we'll just go with our top six players drafted. Uh, our number one pick was Mark Trapetti from Grand Valley because he's a beast. Because he broke my hand. Broke my hand. Uh, he almost broke my shoulder. Oh, you were you had a bruise. It hurt a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but he can catch, he can throw. Um, Cannon Fulmer from Kent. Um, he can catch, he can throw. Uh, Spencer Jardine, catch, can throw. And the big thing I wanted with those three players was that I knew that they would take the game seriously. Like, I don't want it to be, like, super serious, like, slow-down game, but, like, I know that they're going to be laying people up and not doing, like, oh, I'm going to throw between my legs every time or something. Like, that'd be a waste of a pick. Right. So, um, and then we got Ryan Pattison from Moody, who was an all-NCDA performer last year. Uh, Andrew Hassett from James Madison, uh, who is pretty strong thrower, um, a little inaccurate at times, but hopefully he can fix that for just the All-Star game. Just the All-Star game? Okay. Um, and then we got, of course, Michael Van Ehrman himself, number six. Number six. All I'm pick overall. How do you feel about being on the Monsters? I, I, you know, I feel like that one of our captains is really strong. I feel like the the other captain, you know, he's a little goofy at times. He kind of calls, he kind of talks a lot of smack, and kind of kind of puts targets on us. So we we got we got to rein in his trash talk a little bit. You hear that, Zig? Rein in your trash talk. <laughs> um, yeah. So. <clears throat> And then on the Brave Little Toaster side, oh, i got to bring that up. Uh, they took Dylan Fettig from Grand Valley overall, for second overall, so their first pick. Shout out to Felix's nipples during the uh, <laughs> Dylan Fettig pick. Yeah. Uh, Miles Shepard from Saginaw Valley, number two. I thought that was a bit of a surprise pick. Um, he's a good player. I was just expecting. When they said, I can see for miles and miles and miles, I was like, oh, they're taking Spencer because of his goggles. <laughs> and he's from Saginaw Valley. And I was like... I was like, oh, there goes Spencer off the board. And they go, Miles Shepard. I was like, okay, we'll take Spencer next. Contrary to popular belief, I do not believe that Spencer can actually see for miles and miles and miles. I think those goggles are standard prescription only. <laughs> um, their third pick was Bryce Corian from Central, who's a solid player. Their fourth pick was Josh Sayer from Kent. Um, Kevin Pitcher Bailey was the Kevin pick. Bailey. I don't Kevin Pitcher Bailey. Why is he Pitcher Bailey? I don't know, but that's what they said. He said oh. it was Kevin Pitcher Bailey. Oh, okay. So, right. yeah. He's, Mark he's, said that he's never heard anyone call him that, though, so I, I don't really know where that came from. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> that was just Dan and Felix you know, <laughs> making up nicknames for people. And then the sixth pick was Drew Greenewalt 
from UK. Uh, he's kind of like a catcher slash who, who apparently, according to uh, Zach Brown during the draft, he caught Wes in practice the other night. So, so take, he's, so, take yeah, notes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't the sixth pick. Well, no, I'm just saying you should ask him what he did so that when Wes comes for your head, you won't be completely unarmed. Um, now that I've seen Bryce catch Ian off the head, I can almost catch Wes off the head. Wes, make it happen. <laughs> Sam Hiller's just like, oh, crap. Like, I just saw all the color drain from Sam Hiller's face when I said that. Wes, make it happen. Yeah, I think I was talking a little too much. Tonight. Yeah, a little, little too much. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to back it up a little bit. Um, yeah, so uh, we'll, t- we'll be serious for the rest of the show, or as long as I can last. <laughs> um, so who would you say are your like, two or three sleeper picks from each team? Uh, for the Monstars, uh, one pick that I was, I mean, especially with me being on the team, um, a, pick, a pick that I was uh, particularly happy with was uh, Brett Grommer from JMU. I think he, you know, he was the 12th pick on uh, the Monstars, so the 12th players, you know, 24th overall or 23rd overall. Um, and, I mean, I think, I personally think he's better than 23rd overall um, yeah. because I, you know, we just played him at BGSU. We've played him at Chicago. And, you know, I think he's a very good player. He throws pretty, pretty hard. hard. He's given me a few bruises in my day. So uh, I'm happy he's on my side. Um, another and another sleeper pick that I'm going uh, going to go with is Chris Hess, also of JMU. Yeah, he was picked thirty first. Sleeper picks. Picked thirty first overall. Um, he is definitely better than that, in my opinion. Um, you know, I yeah. just I feel like that he you know he's a captain. You know, he's going to take the game seriously. He's going to lead it, uh, help lead the team, and he's a great uh, he's a great thrower. So those you know two James Madison players who I thought went a little bit lower than they actually deserved. Okay, um, I have three, um, and they were buying the ninth, tenth, and eleventh picks for the Mountain Stars. Actually, okay. Uh, first of all, Joe Tobin from Towson. I've never seen him play in person because we never played Towson. Never even seen him in a tournament, but I've seen him on YouTube and he throws pretty hard. Yep. Looks like a good player. Um, I think John Shaw actually texted Zach during the draft saying that it was a steal for us. Really? So I thought it was a pretty good pick, and I've been. A few people told me to take him, so I, I snagged him when I could. Um, Alex Sorrells from WKU, good pick. Um, he's a really hard thrower. Um, I honestly thought he'd be the first Western Kentucky player off the board, and then when someone else took a Western Kentucky player, I was like, oh, we got to get this guy now. Yep. So Zig got him, which is good. And then Wes Peters, <laughs> who we've compared to Chris Bosch before on the show. <laughs> but Chris Bosch is a very good player who would – I don't know if you watched the Bobcats Heat last game last night, and I know the Bobcats suck, but Chris Bosch played pretty well. So, Wes, for, go, ahead. go ahead. For the record, I think that Wes Peters can catch way better than Chris Bosch. Chris Bosch can. I'm just I'm going out on a limb and saying that. Yeah. Wes Peters is one of the best catchers that I've seen in our league. Yeah, that's why I draft him. He's one of the best catchers. Right. Chris Bosch is a dinosaur, so he's got a little tiny. Right. That's that's why I figured that Wes could catch a little bit better than him. So. Yeah. So, Plus, he's like seven feet tall. So. That's yeah, a little difficult. That would be a little difficult. Especially if he threw his ankles or something. Yeah. Well, he can jump real high. I don't care. Oh, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that those were three pretty solid picks. Uh, we got a, we got some good. Um, sorry, one of our teammates just. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Brown just tweeted the dumbest thing. If anybody knows who's he, who he is, he just tweeted the dumbest thing. I'm sorry. Um. So yeah, those are for the monsters the super picks that I had. And then uh, for for the brave little toasters, um, 
One, one uh, pick that I thought was very good, um, Dan uh, Shackleford was able to s snag Long Last and Alex Acton at uh, number 16 overall. Now, <laughs> Sam is laughing a little bit because Long Last and Alex Acton had a little bit of a rough go in last year's All-Star game. I believe he got out three times one point. He got out three times at one point, but I think his All-Star game woes are long behind him. He's still a great player. He, he's a great player. He just... I don't he, know he, he might have choked a little <laughs> bit during the All-Star game last year, not going to lie. Um, and then Max Seiler at number 26 overall. I thought that was a definitely a yeah. good pick, um, especially, you know, what was he, the third or fourth uh, third, player, third, third. third SVSU player taken off the board. Um, so I thought that I personally, you know, if you had asked me where Max would have gone um, in the draft overall, I would probably guess a little bit higher than 26 overall. So I definitely think that that was a, uh, a good pick for them. So, and then Jonathan Shaw at number 17, uh, or I'm sorry, 34 overall, 17, yeah, 17 pick for the, for the Brave Little yeah. Toasters. Um, again, I've seen a little bit of his team and himself play on YouTube, uh, and you can only tell so much from YouTube, but, yeah. you know, of what I've seen of him, I thought that he was definitely a talented player and, you know, again, someone who I would have picked a little bit higher uh, in the draft. Yeah. Um. And I know I'm going to go with a weird one because usually the 10th overall pick isn't a steal of a draft. But Kevin Bailey is a pretty solid player. Kevin and Pitcher Bailey. Kevin Pitcher Bailey. That's and, his new nickname. Yeah, okay. And um, honestly, I wish he was on our team because he's a very good player. He's good in the clutch. Well, you he did catches have, throws. You did have the power to, I to did have. I did have that. enough opportunities to draft him, but I don't know why we didn't draft him. I'm sorry, Kevin. <laughs> I'm sorry you're gonna be drafted to the losing team. Oh, see, you know, there you go, Gerb, bud. There, Shoot, there I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, this whole trash talking thing, giving up of it, you're, you're not doing very well. Whole length's over, so. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Um. Other than that, another good player that they have uh, is Sam Clark from Miami, who I've actually don't remember who he is, but I'm told he's one of the best catchers. So to get him is the 40th overall pick. 39th or 40th overall pick, very good pick. I mean, any anybody who's the best, you know, in the conversation as one of the best, you know, throwers, catchers, blockers, whatever, and you get them 40th overall, I mean, that's definitely a steal if he's, you know, legitimately in the conversation as one of the best catchers in our league. Agreed. Um, so, yeah, and we don't get to talk about Miami enough on the show, so I want to talk about that. So. Good job. <clears throat> All right, so we will be coming back to you. Uh, well, we got to do our prediction. Well, that's we're saving that for the uh, for, for the All Star game. Oh, for the All Star game, who are you gonna predict, Sam? I think we're gonna win. Oh yeah, <laughs> shocker there. Sorry, I didn't. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want you know you to make a fool of yourself again <laughs> on the microphone. But uh, you know we're gonna come uh, we're gonna come back to you a little bit later this week. Uh, probably Monday, Monday, Monday or Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, we're gonna throw up another podcast. Uh, this one's going to be a lot more in-depth about Nationals. It's going to include uh, pool analysis. It's going to, you know, semifinals picks, finals picks, quarterfinal picks, uh, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, and we're going to break down matchups, key matchups, you know, and games to watch in each pool. So it's definitely going to be a good time. It's definitely, you know, if you're, you know, a captain of Team A and, you know, you're going to be playing Team B, tune in, see, you know, see where uh, where your advantages lie. You know, we'll, we'll let you know. We got your backs. <laughs> Sam Sam Hiller's like, oh yeah, you know, everyone's just not good, and I'm great over here. I can throw. Sam Hiller can throw 90 miles an hour and catch anything, right, Sam? Yeah, don't even respond to that. I don't even want to. <laughs> I have stuff I gotta talk about. Okay. Um, 
make sure you watch Sunday night the revealing of the brackets and the pools and stuff. Uh, it'll be live on Google Plus. I know that's like a new like ESPN eight though, which I think but Google Plus is where our uh, and YouTube, I guess, will be where the brackets come out. And uh, um, other than that, well, if I if I recall correctly, the Google Plus will be you'll be able to watch it on Google I'm, Plus live, yeah, and, and then the video will be uploaded to YouTube. Yes. So if you unfortunately are watching, uh, well, you can watch it YouTube live too. Oh, you can watch it on YouTube yeah. live. Okay, very nice. Well, you know, for those of you who are going to be watching Game of Thrones on Sunday night, uh, watch you'll it be later. Able, you can watch the uh, the um, Selection Sunday uh, revealing of the pools. Uh, at a different time on you know Monday morning during your 8 a.m. when you don't really want to pay attention in class. Yeah, and I have a lot of work next week with writing previews and stuff for the website, so I'm gonna be busy. So if any, well, uh, so if yeah, I, if anybody wants to help, please. Yeah, if you you know if we let's probably have it. You if you want to write a, a preview about people outside your own pool, that would be definitely be most better. appreciated. Yeah. Uh, just because you know, a it's a little bit more objective, and b you know it's definitely an easy way to cover. Everybody, um, because you know, seventeen teams writing you know matchups for each and every team. That's that can be a little daunting. So please help Sam out. You know, make it so that you know he doesn't have to stay up till three seventeen a.m. Well, I work in it, but I don't have to work this week. So well, he maybe he wants to stay up till three seventeen yeah. a.m. Um, uh, one more thing, uh, if you are a captain, well, you don't have to be a captain, but preferably a captain because we're gonna do a, a podcast next Saturday night. Away from today, after the captain's meeting. In Kentucky. In Kentucky. Um, so if you want to be on the show, just give me a holler and, and uh, we'll do like a big party thing. Big party. There's going to be pizza. There's going to be coke. There's going to be square dancing. It's going to be a whole, I, whole good I old I don't know how to square dance. We, we learned in like sixth grade and I forgot. I would love to see you square dance. <laughs> I would actually pay an excessive amount of money to see you square dance. For Average Joe's Podcast, this is Mike Van Erman and Sam Hiller signing off. Thanks for listening, guys.